Hey everybody, welcome back. Thanks for coming. Uticast episode five. Episode five. I'm really excited for this episode. It's good. It's gonna be a good one. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one with Tim Tram for for a couple weeks now. Yeah. Really good time. Um, hey, uh, 30th anniversary of Back to the Future. Already. I know it's crazy. Uh, got me thinking though. If you had a time machine, what would you do? I think I would. I'd probably spend my whole life just traveling around to different time periods and see what it was like, and looking at all the stuff I've read about and seen in history, and just go sightseeing. Like a like a real life, uh, like a real life docent, like a, like a museum docent. Yeah, something like that. You would be kind of like that. Yeah, something like that. You know what I would do? What would you do? I would go back and I would stop all this Guy Fieri nonsense before it ever started. Wow. Yeah, that's I it. Know. That'd be Dude, it's, I'm, it's not just for me. It's for the whole world. You know what? Listen, for all that tough talk, you can go find them if you want to. You don't need yeah. a time machine for that. <laughs> Dude, I'm still stoked. <laughs> you the cast, episode five. <laughs> You know Fieri's not really his his last name. What is it? Ferry. F-E-R-R-Y. He changed his last name to be more ethnic. More ethnic, so he wouldn't seem like so much of a white bread guy. His name was Guy Ferry? Guy Ferry is the guy's real name. It's just a weird name. It's I think a guy name. is a weird name in the first place. Because like, oh, we're gonna name our son Guy. What? Plus, Why? Why? He's on that damn show that like it seems like the best job in the world to go around to all these like diners and drive-ins and try their their signature item. Don't, forget, don't forget dives. Yeah, and dives, you're right. And it's wasted on like the worst the worst single human being on the planet with his you are really, dumb... You are really worked up about he this He looks guy. like he just left a lit concert all the time. Uh, wow. welcome, welcome, guys. Nice I'm done. No more. A lit Good. No more. Yeah, no more. Yeah, no more. No more Guy Fieri. Uh, hi, Aaron Higgins. Hi. Kevin. Hello. <laughs> uh, we have Tim Schramm uh, joining us uh, later on in the show. Well, I joined him at his, his lovely house. Oh, you, you went, went to, to his house for I went interview? to his house for the interview, yeah. What a... What a dope bachelor pad. It's not, it's not a bachelor pad when you're... Is he married? Yeah. Well, it's a great house he's got either way. <laughs> it's beautiful. No, I the, think, at least. You either didn't, way. You didn't cross that thing off me. in the interview? This was an interview about music, necessarily. We didn't talk about our personal lives. Gotcha. You're, that's like something my mom would do to me, though, right? I yeah. go, I'd meet like a girl at a bar or something, and uh, whatever, she'd hear about it. She'd be like, how'd your date go? I'd be like, oh, it was good. Did you ask her what she did for a living? No. We talked about like TV and like snacks. It's like we, don't have, we didn't have a real conversation. Pretty good first conversation, Pretty though. First. Snacks. Um, That's better than those first date questions. Better. <laughs> uh, but we'll, uh, you know, uh, I'll be uh, playing that interview with Tim later. Uh, I uh, I have a ticket in my wallet for a bachelor party that I or a stag, stag party. party. Yeah, that stag party we have to go to. Okay. Um, yeah, for our our good friend uh, Aaron and Janae, they're getting well. It's not her stag party, but we're going to Aaron's stag party, and he got me thinking about another one of our friends getting married. 
Guys, yeah. we're like we're happens more and more now. It's All happening time. a lot, guys. Everyone's getting married. Yes, they are. Um, well, uh, Vice did an excellent article today about this. Uh, called it was about attending weddings in our uh, late twenties and early thirties. I saw that actually. It was pretty funny, and it was a satirical article, but it did get me thinking a lot about it because I have been to a lot of weddings lately, uh, and I got a couple points I want to bring up here about weddings since I'm gonna bounce these off you guys. Okay, okay? one. Dressing up is dope. It's fun to dress up with all your friends. It's a one positive. I like to see all my friends looking dappered out. No? No, boy, no, you're shaking your head over Aaron there. Aaron is making the most horrible, disgusting oh, Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're a girl, like, dressing up for a dude is fun. Like, it's one thing. When you're a girl, you do the same process to get up and go to Saranac sometimes as you would to go to a wedding. You still do your hair. You're still putting on your makeup. It's just a different tight dress with big shoes that are uncomfortable. And I never thought I'd say that in a million years because I love big shoes and I love the tight dresses. But at this point in my life, I'm just so over it. Yeah, it's, also, it's important to understand that Aaron's the type of girl who will literally text me sometimes with a picture. Like, look at me. I'm wearing a dress. I look like a woman. That's what I did. Like, I excited. just texted him the other day. I was like, I have a dress on today, Kevin. You, I do get the point you're, you're getting at, though, a little bit here because now that I work in a crummy office for a living and I have to dress like moderately business casual all day. Every single day. The idea of like putting on nice clothes to go somewhere suddenly is much less interesting to me. Right. Like when I get home, immediately I'm like, I'm going to put sweatpants well, I think and the, on. I think the getting dressed yeah. too, like for guys wearing a suit, uh, a lot of weddings tend to happen in the summer. Yeah. The summer in a room full of 200 people is not always the best time to be packed into a suit, but. In the winter, it's a much easier thing. No, because see, it's not easy in the winter either. Because as a girl, you have to wear the big shoes, and I love. I do. I think one thing that I I can I can safely say is that I love the big shoes. That's not. I don't have an issue with that. Mm -hmm. However, for like nine hours at a time. Yeah, no, that seems like a lot. Well, have you you ever been to a wedding where after an hour of the dance floor being open, you don't see at least half the women with the shoes off? Yeah, and that just that is one of those things. I just can't. You can't do it. I can't do it. No. Uh, I will be honest. I will be honest. I did it um, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. I did it Thursday night. I had shoes on for a wonderful event that uh, I went with Sarah and Katie to, a tourism event. And I got to the parking lot at the end of that event, and I just took my shoes off in the car to go home. But I was going home. So I took my shoes off in the parking lot, took three steps in the actual parking lot, and went home. I like when you see at the wedding, there's like a pile of shoes on the side of the Uh, dance floor at the end of the night. Doesn't doesn't do it for you? Does it skeeve you out It really, it gives me the creeps. It gives me the heat. That makes sense. Uh, Also, as a girl, I'm stuck in uh, the bridesmaid role quite a bit. And I hate being a bridesmaid. I just don't do it very well. I'm not, I don't want to talk about your cake in a group chat with 35 people I don't know. I don't want to pay $700 for a dress I'm never going to wear again. I have a closet full of them at this point. It's like, I j- it's so hard to get excited when it's like, okay. I have a hard time not judging the people at the wedding based on how the wedding is presented. Oh, right? Like there's that's, that's the whole point of it, of right? Course. You sit there in sort of like silent judgment of the way the person that you're going to see decided to have this moment in their life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, again, they're not sometimes thinking that this is their moment for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is one of the things I do notice a lot with weddings is it's a lot of people who are just sort of like, oh, okay, I would have done this differently. That's exactly what I do at weddings. Well, people are very competitive about weddings. That's always seemed crazy to me. Like, I hear a lot of people, especially like, you know, when you have people who are getting close to that time coming up for themselves or recently had their own wedding, people get hyper-competitive about whose wedding is better and outdoing each other and... 
there's just this strange competitive spirit about Dave that's supposed to be like so lovely and fun and people come in and a lot of people are real salty at weddings. A lot of people are real salty at weddings. I'm Aaron salty just at weddings. Because right yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm salty at weddings. I'm so salty at weddings. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I, I'm, a, I'm judgmental. And I, I don't mean to be judgmental, but I'm, I totally mean to be judgmental. I'm just not... I do it with a smile, but I'm like, oh, really? Mashed potatoes? <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I'm always excited by the... Uh, by the <laughs> how, do I, how do I phrase this nicely? I'm always excited... Open bar? Well, that too. I mean, like... Uh, I'm always excited for the potential uh, social lubrication of an open bar and promiscuous behavior that somehow precedes said open barring. There's always the promise of that when you go to a wedding, and then you get there and realize that it's never going to happen. No, it's, it's never as glamorized as it is on no, television. It never is. You never get. There's never a wedding. Cra- the movie Wedding Crashes ruined the whole generation. Everybody goes to weddings yeah. like, oh, all these good-looking single people are all going to be hanging out. You go to a wedding. That's not the way it is. Never, never. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, registries? Do you ever order a gift from the registry? I do. Yeah, I have before. Um, and I'll be honest with you. One of my favorite registry stories involves me going to the registry on like one of the first days and finding out that everything in the registry is super expensive. So I end up buying three forks for ninety five dollars, <laughs> yeah. or, or like one time I bought a bed skirt. For a hundred and eight dollars, right. that was on their oh. registry, and I was like, "I bought you a bed skirt." Like, Wait, see, stupid. I, I stuff. stay away from the registry. I mean, number one, I I give cash because I would rather get cash. I'm not like, whatever. Here's some cash. I get it. You know, that's instead of going on trying to pick a gift, figure out which one was best. But sometimes you look at somebody's registry, and there have been times where I'm like, you know, you got a lot of nerve. Oh yeah. Like I understand that you know it's your wedding, and you spent all this money on this beautiful party for everybody to enjoy and celebrate your love and all that. But by that same token, a lot of times, you know, when you're in your mid-20s, people first start getting married and stuff, and they're registered at crazy expensive places. Like, you know that all your friends are fresh out of college, barely yeah, right. looking for jobs, working at restaurants, doing whatever, and then you get people, you know, registered at different places. It's like, it's not... It's a $300... <laughs> what are you thinking? Like, I'm going to throw you know, throw an envelope full of cash. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Listen. Steve, when did your taste get so good that you need a cheese plate all of a sudden? You know what you what I mean? And you need a really expensive cheese plate not just like a regular cheese plate you need a $300 marble I'm, I'm not kidding I was, I, was, I, was a, I was a plus one at a wedding once we were looking at the registry and there was a $400 crystal salad bowl on there you're like why I'm like you guys are 23 years old and you live in East Utica you don't need a $400 crystal bowl <laughs> at your two family house that you have an apartment could you want to mention like it just doesn't make sense so let me give you cash because that's just better. You can no, pay with it. A, a sweaty hundred inside of a card that says, congrats. That's I don't think you have to sweat on the hundred. <laughs> I think well, you do. It's yeah. kind of part of the game. Um, what game you're playing. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Wedding bingo. <laughs> I actually... Uh, only once did I ever buy a gift off a registry and feel proud of it. It was for a friend of ours who were some artsy friends of ours. We'll put it that way. And they had a really... And I looked at their registry and one of the gifts was a set of coffee mugs and inside the coffee mugs was like ceramic models of like, oh, like a sperm yeah. whale and a kraken and a monster. So when you drink the coffee, it would look like the sea monster was like rising out of your drink. I got one of those at a Christmas party for like a secret Santa where you do it, you pick the thing that you yeah. can exchange and everybody picks one or whatever. White like elephant Christmas? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it was a white elephant Christmas. I got yeah. that and I traded it for something else. That's a shame. I like nah. that. Well, the thing was, Doc and Candace actually brought up to me later on. Like, hey, thanks a lot for that. I really like those coffee mugs. They're really cool. Right. And then, that was the only time I've ever been like, yeah, I got these people something that when they see, they're going to say, hey, oh, yeah, Sam got us those. That Sam Famalar was a real good guy. Yeah, hey. that's the whole, because that's the whole point. Aaron Higgins uh, bought us a dust ruffle. 
<laughs> I got a uh, bed skirt. Every wedding that you go to, you should bring a bed skirt. It's every just like a, and literally, you should have seen me. And my mom was like, "Hey, did you? How'd you? How was the shopping?" And I'm like, "I bought a dust ruffle. Like I bought a hundred and eight dollar dust ruffle. So it's just it's tough. It's tough." Well, that's it. Now you're that's your thing. When they see that dust ruffle, what they're gonna say when they kick it and shove stuff under the bed in their later life. Let's take a quick break for a second, guys. Uh, I got a question for you though before we go to break to ponder. Uh oh. Uh, what you gonna do? when your heroes make big mistakes and let you down? That's the question at hand. Let's think about it for a minute. tell you something, Aaron. Go ahead. No, it's, it's not a sport. It's just the greatest uh, performance art in American history. Ew, the longest. That's, that's not the point. <laughs> uh, the point is, and there's a greater point, is that uh, when I was a kid, Hulk Hogan was my idol. I had Hulk Hogan pajamas. I had the Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy. I had four Hulk Hogan action figures. You know, I can still recite, like, dates of moments when Hulk Hogan events, like, changed my life. I cried when The Undertaker pinned him at Survivor Series 91, he pinned him and I cried. I was a, a, I was almost an adult. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like six years old. My hero. Uh, and it's always, you know, it's weird when you move away from these people who you idolize growing up and you realize, it's kind of like your parents, right? Once you realize that they're not something special, they're just people, it's a very strange People moment. with flaws, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, and apparently huge character flaws. Huge With Hogan, flaws. it's just like they say in The Dark Knight, you know, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. And that's the thing with Hulk Hogan. Like, what he did is deplorable. You should never speak like that, think like that. It's unacceptable. I don't like people like that, and they gross me out, to sure. be honest with you. But it's got to be a tough situation for a guy like that, who I'm sure probably isn't the best guy in the world. The type of life you go through and the things you do, you know. I'm sure he's not a great guy, but to have... There's probably anybody in the world who, if you took a minute or two worth of them recorded saying something at some point in oh, their yeah. life, you could take them and ruin them. I bet everybody said something they regret or, said, or something they wouldn't be comfortable sharing with everybody in the world. And it sucks to see that happen to somebody who, you know, when you're growing up, like he was a giant when we were kids. I mean, oh, I didn't God. cry at Survivor Series or anything. You weren't like me, man. No I, no, I definitely man. wasn't. I'd like to say for the record, I was not like you. But... <laughs> But I mean, like, it's, it's you know, everybody knows uh, Hulk Hogan. Even people who don't, who never watched wrestling as kids know who Hulk Hogan is. I think it's just, it's an odd, it's not, it is, and I don't want to bring up the Cosby thing too much, but the Cosby situation is not similar in no. acts, but it is, it is similar where you have this person who is almost universally revered by yeah. most people, right? Yeah. And then to have them fall on their face and see these people not know how to react or sustain their well that's you know. that's what's crazy to me you know living in an information age like we do now it's wild to see how quick the downfalls can happen oh yeah with somebody like this very quick like the day that that news broke about hulk hogan before lunchtime that day he was scrubbed from the wwf's websites and everything they removed any trace of him from everything they have that's like the NBA going back and taking Michael Jordan out of everything they had. He was that big of a guy. Yeah. And it was quick, just like that. No nothing, no explanation. It's just crazy how fast it happens to people. You know what my favorite Hulk Hogan thing is? Okay. He wears t-shirts with his own name on them. He does. 
I love that. Like, I think it's the most ridiculous thing. Like, we know you're Hulk Hogan. I saw him leaving the gym the other day. And it had to be, obviously, due to the scandal and there were paparazzi everywhere. But I thought you meant you saw him at, like, yeah, Planet Fitness. Yeah, he was at Planet Fitness in New Harbor, <laughs> just hanging. And he was leaving the gym. We were treadmill buds. And uh, he has, like, just, like, this Hulk Hogan. It just says Hulk Hogan on his own t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? <laughs> or, or, like... Hulk rules. Yeah, like, like him describing something about himself. He's the I coolest. Rule. So I think it would be fair to say that if you ever got married, we would have Higgins Mania t-shirts on your registry. Oh, of course we would. <laughs> okay, of course that'd, be, that'd be really good. Yeah, of course we would. Um, how much do you think it would cost Hogan to come to your wedding these days? I bet you could pay Hogan. I bet you that figure is you know, a lot lower today than it was this time last week. <laughs> there's a there's a website where you can go and there's like C and D list celebrities and there have fees <laughs> available show for up. appearances. Yeah, you're I've the one that told people. me about this. I think. I saw that, yeah. And there was one and it was really good and I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody. And there was literally like. 45 bucks and I'll just show up at your house for 20 minutes and it was like I'll play video games with your kid it's like it's kind of worth it ridiculous oh I would think about it I would think about it let me tell you something brothers I would would at least take a look at the list oh my god at least take a look to see who's on there what the pricing's like yeah we're here to celebrate the holy matrimony of Aaron Higgins and Kevin Sullivan and if you're not down with that brother I got two words for you Hulk rules that would be amazing that's worth $100 of my money I'm sorry that's worth it. I don't think you can get them for a hundred dollars. Just wait. Just wait until this all goes down. Not this week. <laughs> Not this week. Um, yeah, and it's it, it's funny though because I, as a guy who really, really, you know, I love Hulk Hogan as a kid. It does. You did? I had no idea. But but I mean, like, it does sort of kind of put a damper on. I have a hard. It's gonna be hard for me to like go back and watch like an old wrestling pay per view and not think about it now, right? It's you know. Yeah. It's, it's, de- it's deplorable, it's horrible, it's it's really bad. Uh, okay, I have the website. Celebrity Talent Promotions. Celebrity <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. We got a left turn. Give me, give me some prices yeah. on some names. All right, I'm sorry. I'm still on for it. Let's I'm go. sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, you can get, let's see, who's hot right now? You can get... Uh, John Stamos. You can get you, John Stamos. You can get Mark Cuban to come to stuff. But for how much, though? I gotta find the prices. Hold on, I'm looking at the prices. Oh, that's it. Cuban for anything less than. 50. Bob Bob Eubanks will show up somewhere. Who? Bob Eubanks. Who the hell's Bob Eubanks? Seriously, Bob yeah. Eubanks. Okay. I don't Bobby know. Bobby Eubanks. U? No, I don't know. <laughs> no, Bobby Uger. Is Bobby Uger in there? No. I'll, I'll pay thirty bucks to have a beer with Bobby Uger. All right, let's see prices. I think she looked before she left. She pulled this thing up. She got no prices. I don't have any prices. Uh, so. Uh, go, keep going. All right, well, <laughs> while H- you look up prices... Talk about Hogan. Uh, <laughs> well, and here's the thing, too. It's I, it's not like... It's not like he ever probably thought about it either, right? Like, he is an old-school dude. He never really probably thinks about all the multitude of ways that our modern, like, well, and that's, society... That, that's, and, that's actually a good point, because I've seen this happen with a lot of, you know, we live in a, in a society that's based on everybody being outraged about oh, yeah. everything all the Love time. Love outrage. And I'm not saying that it's not justified a lot of the time, but they go way overboard a lot of the times, a lot of stuff. Like, the fact, you know, this thing comes out with Hulk Hogan, and you hear it, and people are like, oh my god, I can't believe it. I'm like, Really? You can't believe that a dude in his 60s who grew up in the South is a racist? That yeah. I can't believe it. That's like, you're really bit. like, oh, I can't believe the Hulkster. Of course he is. Like, he played this character on TV, but of course he's racist. Same yeah. thing with that Paula Dean woman who's got the show on the <gasps> cooking channel. Oh, man. She's literally a white lady from down South who's in, like, her 70s. Of course she's racist. Nobody's surprised. It's like, but when they get caught here and it's a thing, but, you know, you're not surprised. He's, I'm sure he's not the only one. He's just the one who got caught. 
He's the one who had somebody leak the 30 seconds of tape that, that makes him look yeah. like a horrible person. That's really all there is to it. And like you said before, everybody has those moments. Does it make him any less deplorable? Not no. those moments, but moments. No, yeah, not, cool, not quite those moments. Right. But does it make him like any less disgusting as a human? Well, and I think, I think that's why, even though you can disagree and be grossed out by what he said and the way he is with it, you can still feel some sympathy for the fact that like you're not the only one, you're the one that got caught and that sucks, you know? Mm. Like, if ten guys rob a bank and one guy gets caught, he still robbed the bank, so you don't feel bad for him because he's a criminal, but, you know, that sucks that you're the one who happened to get brought down like that. Right, right. Shouldn't rob that bank. <laughs> Shouldn't rob that bank. Well, um, well, I guess that brings it close to the to the shitty old men portion of the show. Just sad, <laughs> fallen star portion of the show. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's bring in a rising star. Okay. Uh, local Utica Rising Star, and uh, I guess he's the owner. I didn't really ask. He's involved. He is the owner of the dev, right? Tim? Tim is yeah. the owner. Is that the word, though? Did you, did you interview the did, man? Yeah, okay, you interviewed the man, man, you have no information. We talked about dinosaurs <laughs> and robots the whole time. He's a very, very interesting guy. I had a feeling. Did you do this interview? When you we said, actually had a wonderful conversation, okay. and I think you all will very much enjoy it. When uh, you said that you were interviewing, though, I was thinking about that. I'm like, they're going to get caught up talking about we this did. and that for like an hour. Um, well, well, we'll discuss that a little more after the interview. Let's uh, let's jump to my, my excellent interview with Tim Schramm. We'll be back in just a minute. and dinosaurs here in your studio. Uh, I'll have yeah. to bring you into the, the our studio one of these days, nice. which yeah. is just my living room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what my, you know, my house is. Isn't know? that weird? I, I think about this. Uh, I started playing music when I was 15 years old. I was 15. I learned how to Same play here. guitar, and then I got pigeonholed into playing bass because no one wanted to be the bass player yeah. in my first <laughs> punk band. Um, but I wish... Uh, we're, I'm sort of in the middle ground. If I had had GarageBand or Ableton at 15... I would have saved all that money that I spent in studios when I was yeah. in my 20s. Like, oh, I need that studio sound. I went more into the cassette four track. I always had a little nice. one with me everywhere. Yeah. And I'm almost at the point now where I, I do so much music digitally. Yeah. I mean, I'm also a drummer too, but like, you know, when I'm at home, I'm, I, I'm constantly making music. I can't help it. And now, like, I'm getting to the point where I want to be able to do stuff live and I don't want to be a button pusher. Yeah. So, kind of, I used to do that all the time. I'm going back in the, the, you know, the late 90s when I was playing out a lot more and I lived all over the place and I would just bring, like, two briefcases with me with machines yeah. and my, a little drum pad, you know, and then I would, I'd be able to play that, do it all live without any kind of digital backing track. Now I'm like, I'm so far out of it, I don't even think about it. Yeah, I don't want to get too off topic right <laughs> off the bat, but. Uh, one of the things I faded away with for the last five or ten years, I used to enjoy digital sound. I was really, in, I'm still, I love LCD sound system and Chromio and those kind of bands. Yeah. But uh, there's a certain warmth that I've come to enjoy with uh, with live instrumentation, yes. and especially for your guitar heads when you have a real tube amp mm -hmm. as opposed to a solid state. There's a warmth you can't reproduce no, digitally. You can get close to it, but there's nothing quite like that sound, you know. Tim Schramm. Of the dead. I'm very happy to have you on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Um, yeah. I have a funny story about the dev for you I wanted to share with you. Please, uh, tell This me. was when I was playing, well, me and Kevin were playing with uh, the Blueprint. We were played at the dev. 
This is probably before you... When did you take over uh, at the It's death? been a little over two years. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's fairly recent. So, two years. All right. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, I've been I've been gone. I was gone for like seven. So, this has got to be before, so this is before, <laughs> I, I, uh, before you were there. But we opened for the keyboardist, just the keyboard player from Bad Company. Yes. Just, <laughs> just the one guy. And uh, he, you know, he's the keyboard player. So, the keyboard player is set up in the center of the stage. And he had got there early and he'd been drinking... So when we showed up to load in all our equipment, we had two half stacks and the keyboard guys buried in the back. We were a guitar-heavy band. Yeah. And I remember having to go to this guy and be like, hey, man, uh, listen, do you mind if we uh, move your keyboard to the back of the stage? And in the back of the stage, he has a drum set covered in like a sheet, like it's the DeLorean from, you know what I mean? With uh, reveal. Yeah, like, yeah, like reveal. Oh, it's magic. It's a drum set. Uh, so... Now we had, he's in, I asked him, can we move this to the back? And he says, no, Mike, no one touches my keyboard. You know, leave it where it is. So now I have to, like, move my keyboard player from, like, from the back awkwardly to the front of the stage. And he's in, like, in front and center, just playing. He's not used to it. He's playing, like, little tiny riffs. Uh, so uh, Kevin, uh, we're beyond the statute of limitations. Kevin proceeded to knock over all of his um, cymbals. And uh, drums underneath the sheet with his bass. In I'm the, sure it was an accident. It was definitely an accident. <laughs> uh, so, but that gets me to my point. Uh, the Dev has been a big music staple in this city for longer than even I remember. Oh, yeah. It was uh, one of the first places I played when I moved, when I moved here when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It's the first, I'm pretty sure it's the first place I ever played live with a band in Utica. Did that tie into your reason to get involved? With with the dev? Uh, no, that I didn't actually remember until yeah. the band I played with reminded me about it uh, a, a year or two ago. Um, really, it was just the availability and the setup, really, and and ch- trying to keep you know a, a, a well known Utica spot alive. You know, mm-hmm. it's I saw it and it was it had fallen into such disrepair and it was empty. And yeah. you know, I looked at a, a few different places when you know when I first got back here. You know, mm-hmm. when I started to put the idea together to do this. And that just, it just seemed like a natural fit, you know? Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, one of the things that I think personally has been one of the nicest changes is the food. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know what the changes you made. That, that... I credit Dan Walter. Uh, he's pretty much like my go-to guy at the bar. He's the main bartender. He's there all the time. He's an amazing chef and just, he's always great with ideas and it's a very small kitchen. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want to have anything to do with food, Sure, but I lived with Dan in Baltimore for years. We've, we've been friends forever and he was like, Hey, there's a kitchen there. Let me, let me do it. I'll, I'll show you and we'll try it. So it seems to be working. I mean, I get a lot, like a lot of great feedback. Um, you know, it's, it's tough in downtown because so many different options yeah, for, for lunch. Sure. So it's it's one of those things where it's it's not really competitive, but you got to make sure it's on point and it's cheap. Mm-hmm. You know that's well, the thing, and to do it with a little bit of difference, you to stand out a little bit. That's the key, really. It's very it's very good, and it's really it's presented nicely, and it's it's interesting in its own way. It's very, it is different. It does seem different than most of the other restaurants I go to. I can go to Mellow Sub and get a Mellow Sub, oh, yeah. and I they're love Mellow Sub. I go there. <laughs> yeah, Mellow Subs was the first place on my Utica passport that got taken. Nice. That was like day one. I was like, Mellow's got to go. Uh, but I just love the way they present the food there with like the, I don't know what the way they do the salad. With yeah, like the, instead of doing, I, we decided after all the cleaning we did in that place yeah. to not use fires at all. Yeah. And so just doing a light salad on the sides. Like, because really you go anywhere for lunch, you don't want to get that. You know, you might get that with a you know a dinner at a sit down place, sure. but for a real quick, simple, inexpensive lunch, you don't get that 
freshness. And, you know, when, when the farmer's markets open, Dan is there every day getting stuff, you know, from local farmers as much as possible. So it, it really works. And I, I hear a lot of people, like, a lot of people thank us for doing that instead of having a, a fried option. As much as I love fried foods, too. Well, it just it ends up working in our favor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, to get off of food for a minute, uh, I, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, the music. Yeah, that's, um, that's my thing. <laughs> but, uh, I think it's, and we touched upon it, me and, uh, me and Z from Street Rock mm-hmm. talked about it in last week's episode a little bit. I still feel like since Electric Company closed, yeah. there's been... And there are other venues that have come in and filled some of the void. I yeah, really sure. enjoy going to see Lucan's. The shows are always very good at Lucan's. Uh, but the dev strikes me as different. Yeah. I don't know exactly how to put it. It seems like you get more original music, yes. specifically, uh, which I personally appreciate. That's pretty much my goal. Like you know, nothing against um, you know non-original music. It's just that that there's plenty of places to go see that, you know, and since sure. we're kind of off on our own, our, our little island as we call it, yeah. it's more of a destination to say, you know, I'm going to go over here tonight mm-hmm. and catch something I haven't heard before, you know. I'm glad you brought that up. That's one of the things I think about with the dev almost all the time is it, and I like it, but it does seem like it's out on an island over there. Do you notice it's, that? Yeah, it, 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 to our detriment to a slight amount because, I mean, uh, Coming from living in different cities, mm-hmm. I always like, you know, bar hopping. I go here for a couple of drinks, sure. and I'll catch a band here, I'll go down the street, catch another one. There are other bars, and we do a lot of stuff with the bars that are close to us, yeah. like Bentley's, and, you know, we, you know, and that place is right around the corner, and Gordon's Tap Room is right down there. But still, being on its own, I think sometimes we, we miss out on, on, I know there's a lot of people in Utica, and sometimes it doesn't really show on some nights because we're often, I think a lot of people yeah. are, you know, are, are so focused on an area like Varick street, which is great because you can hop to different places all the time. But to think to, Oh, I'm going to go over here. It's yeah. kind of like an afterthought sometimes, unless you really are thinking, Oh, Hey, I want to go out and see some music tonight. Does that foster uh, a little bit more of a, like a loyal, uh, a loyal like bar crowd though, or loyal customers? Yeah. Like, for, yeah. De- there's a definite, um, we, we definitely have our, our, our built-in base, you know, but it shifts during the day. We have an older crowd, you know, yeah. our happy hours are an older crowd that come in after work. Yeah. And then, you know, it, depending on the, the different style of music we have, it's different pocket crowds, you know. So it, it actually works. I think people dig it that way. You know, say if we're doing like Soul Saturday, you know, everybody will come out for that. Like no matter what kind of stuff you're doing, you want to come out and dance, you come to Soul Saturday, you know. Or if we, but if we do, you know, we got rock bands yeah. one night. Or punk bands, or some weird experimental stuff that somebody's just passing through town, and I get there's different crowds that'll come out for those different things. I have three things specifically I wanted to bring up to you. Yes, uh, and these are three of the things that make the Dev one of my favorite places to go in the city. Nice. Uh, number one, you already mentioned about it, Soul Saturday. Yes, I love Soul Saturday. Um, you are not the only one. <laughs> I, and, and not just because I'm a huge fan of Thomas D. Yes, well, Thomas D, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be anything without him and his skills on the turntables. Oh, my God. I'm going to put him on blast right now for a while. I was the only person on Twitter he followed. He had one Twitter follow, one following, and it was me, because we had gotten an argument about music, and he appreciated that I didn't yes. like cater to him. Yes. Uh, so, uh, but, no, but I love Soul Saturdays. Because yeah, that we, took off. That was, it was a random passing. A friend of, uh, my friend Kim, who I've been friends with since I was a teenager, you know, she mentioned it to me. She's like, you know, you should do something like just a soul night and just yeah. called Soul Saturday. And I was like, that's a good idea. You know, when I came back and I, 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 I've been friends with Thomas on and off for years, you know, 
And I, I threw it at him. He was like, let's do it. And it has taken off on it. It's exploded. And there's we don't even have to do promotion for it. It's always people come out and dance. Well, because right before I left for New York, one of the things we would do constantly uh, when Space had different owners, mm-hmm. Thomas would play at Space 26 all the time. Yeah. Whenever I came to town to visit, I would always go and see him there. Yep. And I sort of feel like Soul Saturdays is almost like the spiritual successor to those nights at space. With That's more, the with more dancing. With more dancing, <laughs> uh, but the music specifically. Yes. It, yes. Thomas has such a great, a great style. He's got, he has a very eclectic taste for sure, but yes. like putting the focus down at that, and he's so good at reading a crowd and getting, <laughs> getting playing the next song that people want to hear, where you don't even, no one even has to go and say request a song, which he won't take requests anyway for the most no. part because it's Thomas. But you know but what? <laughs> when I walk in, and if he sees me. I can usually expect a Steely Dan song. He knows. He knows that I like <laughs> nice. Steely Dan. I nice. can usually, or at least a Michael McDonald. Song. Yes. Uh, but Soul Saturday, number one, one of my favorite things in yeah. the city. Uh, number two, I love the Tony Thompson art in the yeah. bathrooms. That is not that I've ever been in the women's room, but I have seen the art in there. It's he's great. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, you're in my house now. You can see oh. I have Tony Thompson stuff like scattered throughout. Oh. Tony is one of those. I met him. After I first moved back here three years ago, and just immediately we had a connection, and you know we talked about music and mm-hmm. art, and he came in right away. You know I had talked to him, and I said, "Hey, we gotta do something with these ugly bathrooms." Yeah, and he was like, "I'll paint them." It's great. I it, was like, "And it's fantastic." And so many compliments for a bathroom too. It's, it's like well, it's, it, it's ridiculous to think about that. <laughs> it has an amazing. His style of art has an amazing character yes. to it, and it really. It accentuates it in such a way that it gives the bar that character. Absolutely, as well. and that mixing with the art shows that we do too, it kind of it kind of goes with the vibe of what we're doing, like mixing art and the music there, like really actually mixing it instead of just saying that we do that. We do the monthly art shows. You know, Tony was one of our first, one of sure. the first people to show. You know, we do them every month, and he just you know, he's uh, great. <laughs> and here's my number three. This is the one that I'm going to get a lot of flack on the internet for this hot take. You guys have 16 ounce cans of Jenny Cream Ale, yes. which is one of my favorite things in the world, <laughs> and I get a lot. Why of would fun. you get flack for that? Because it's a Utica club town. You're not allowed to like. No, any other you know, we're, I feel like we're close enough to <laughs> Rochester. That's like it's. I mean, it's a community <laughs> thing. It's a local ish uh, brewery, and I get so many bands from Rochester because they have such a great music yeah. scene there. Like there was one playing tonight, another band from Rochester that I love. And they're always like, "I can't believe you have Jenny Cream Ale." We, it's their second biggest seller after Utica Club. It was everywhere in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. in Manhattan the last couple of years I was in New York. Oh, yeah, and it was about, a, you can't get Utica Club no. outside of like Albany. So for me, it sort of became my go-to. like this Closest is, thing yeah, to home. Closest thing to home. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. Tim Schramm, uh, in your own words, who are you? Who am I? I am um, a lover of robots and dinosaurs. Excellent. Uh, music. I play drums. I write code, and I pretty much get along with everyone. I love it, man. That's great. <laughs> uh, Tim Schramm, you can follow Tim at, uh, at Tim Schramm, T-I-M-S-C-H-R-A-M. Uh, yep. Beautiful. And yeah. also, we can follow the dev at, uh, at the dev. Dev Utica. Dev Utica. Dev Utica. Uh, Tim, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for Thanks, coming on, man. Brother. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to be right back.
telling you, like his apartment, I walked into his apartment and there was a collection of dinosaur toys on top of the fridge. You must have been happy. I walked in, I was like, yep, okay, <laughs> yep. Just another guy fighting that day-to-day struggle against becoming an adult, just like me. No, how it goes. Uh, you're very intently looking at your... Hey, did you get any prices yet? Tiki Barber will come to your house for $2,000. Ooh, that's a deal. $2,000? Wait a minute. He will be in a picture on your Instagram for another $2,000. How about his brother Rondé? At least he's got a ring. Rondé's a much better better <laughs> human, too. Tiki Barber's a horrible, like, yeah, horrific individual. I'm not giving Tiki Barber $2,000 to come to my house and act smug. He's a no thanks. He's that's such a true. jerk. No thanks. He's a jerk. No thanks. Um, so last week we... Uh, we talked a little bit about how we knew we were getting old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a new, I have a new thing I noticed this week. Okay. Uh, Kevin and I have been watching Deadwood on, uh, mm-hmm. on, Net, on HBO. If you ever watched it, it's one of the more, it's an old, already finished HBO show. It's pretty good. But here's how I know I'm getting old. I'm way more into the old West now. I used to not care about Westerns or like the desert or cowboys, but I'm like captivated by Westerns and stuff as I get older. I always like realistic portrayals. Like when I like any show where they show a really thorough portrayal of a, any period in time. It's really authentic and stuff, especially American, you know, that's interesting to you. But when I grew up, like I remember my dad loved Westerns. That's all they used to watch when they were young, but... Westerns are cool, but I'm not like, I'm not rushing out to buy, you know, a seven gallon bucket hat tomorrow or anything. I like spaghetti Westerns. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I like spaghetti. I do like spaghetti. Well, well, <laughs> well. Let me well, tell you, no. this conversation just got um, real smart. Well, it, it it sort of ties back into uh, what I was talking about at the very beginning about um, about the going back in time thing. We said this a lot during that episode that we watched. It would be really cool to go back and live in the old west, but the prerequisite is I need to have my modern day sensibilities. Yeah, right? oh no, like, you, you can't go back in time without knowing what you know now. See, the only way, I would like to, I would like to... That's, just, that's obvious. In some alternate <laughs> universe, I'd just like to go back in time and blow these people's minds. Like, yes. get a Hummer and go tear through to, like, some, you know, <laughs> some small mining town, tear through 70 miles an hour, playing, like, Slayer really loud with fireworks, and they're just gonna... They're, they would think that you were an alien. I mean, you'd be murdered almost immediately. I Going think. down like westward ho in your RV. But like seeing just like a, a black Hummer ripping 70, 80 miles an hour down their dirt road or the wooden Yikes. shantytown gold mining place. <laughs> I just like to spend my time machine blowing people's minds, going back to places and showing things that are on That'd be really fun. I would like to, uh, see, you can go back even farther than that to like a time pre oh, yeah. like guns and dynamite where like one handgun and you're the king. Oh yeah, I am now the king of this country, guys. I got like yeah. You go, but you go back to like you know 500 BC with like a four wheeler and an assault rifle, and you probably take over the world. You are yeah. their god <laughs> now. No, you know what? You say that though, then you get out there and you're like, oh wow, you guys are actually surviving and winning wars like this, and you'd be immediately dispatched. Yeah. You take some guys with you, but you'd be killed instantly. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <The weird thing. laughs> I got off topic. Uh, but the point I wanted to get to with uh, Back to the Future initially was though is uh, Back to the Future is doing something really interesting. Thirty year anniversary. They're actually just putting the movie back in theaters. Yeah, I remember Star Wars did that too yeah. for their anniversary. Um, I, I think, think Jurassic Park did it this summer in the lead up to Jurassic World. Well, they did a 3D release. version of it, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. I think this is great, mind you. Like, uh, I'm over remakes. I think you should... But I would like to watch old movies that I like I've never on seen a big it. screen. What? You've never seen any Back to the Future? No. It's about a guy who goes back. No, I got that part. Yeah, it makes sense. I guess. That's strange. I wonder, that's one of those movies where, like, I'm not, I'm not like, obsessed. You know, Back to the Future, they're fun movies or whatever, but... 
I don't even know how you would miss it just by the sheer like cultural ubiquity of it. It's everywhere all the time. I think I've seen like parts of it. Right. But as a whole, I just never really. I felt like I, you know, it, because it was. Such, I'm sorry, I completely interrupted you. No, no, I'm interested. Whatever. So by. The, <laughs> Thanks. I don't, I don't care. It's a real genuine. Listen, I don't care. If you're in. I don't care if you're interested. Listen, Erin met Ric Flair this weekend. She's been oh, real saucy. I met Ric Flair all this week. weekend, but we'll talk what? about that. Yeah, I didn't meet Ric Flair. I saw Ric Flair. Wait, hurry up! Just <laughs> I want to hear about Ric Flair. Ric Flair. So yeah, I forgot to tell you. So um, I don't remember. Oh, just because it's everywhere all the time that you get caught up, you sort of know the story. Before and you, it feels so what's the point? To watch it. What's the point of watching That's, well, it? I didn't watch The Godfather for years and years because it's the I, same thing. It's like exactly. I know so much about it, and then I watched them. Like I understand why this is such a huge deal, but because you hear so much about it, they're like, I don't even really need to see it because I already know what happens. Big Lebowski was like that for me for years and years. People were like, yeah. dude, you got it. I can't believe you've never seen the Big Lebowski. And then I saw it, and I was like, yeah, okay. It's, it's just about. like, meh. Yeah, okay. You know, I want to say that Clue. I think Clueless is also in its thirtieth year, or twentieth, or one of those. Twenty. You think it's 20? It has to be 20. Yeah, because yeah, it, it was the 90s. It was the 90s. I would, definitely, was the 80s. Yeah. I would definitely go back and see Clueless in a theater if they put it in the I saw it on TV the other day. It's really... I saw part of it on TV the other day, I should say. It's mm-hmm. really interesting to watch now as, as an adult. Watched it when it came out and now to watch it again and you're like, huh. Well, it's because they snuck in. They snuck in the whole... Uh, yeah, I don't know what that was. Uh, just heard some strange noise. I think someone's trying to break into the studio. Whatever. Interesting. But no, it's interesting because they, they adapted the whole movie Clueless from uh, that Jane Austen book. I yeah. Know, Emma. I think it's Emma. And it's the whole thing covers that story. And like once I covered that book like later on in education after that movie had come out and somebody's like, oh, this is like this movie. And you go back and you watch it. And they're like, oh, you really, you made what looked like a dumb teen movie. You tried to pass it. Like it's something pretty, you tried to do something really ambitious. And like yeah. I respect that. Like 10 Things I Hate About You and Taming of the Shrew. Yeah, 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 same thing. It's the same thing. And you, you read the book and you see the movie and you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. I see what you did there. <laughs> it's telling you, you just take all the words from the books that no one else reads. It's That's true. how you do it. That's how you make it in this world. Read more would... books than everybody else, kids. Take that home with you. So, I think I'd see Back to the Future if it came to a theater. Yeah, that's true. There's movies I would go back and see at a theater that I've seen a billion times. Like, if Jaws came out, I'd go see that in the theater. I watched Jaws today. I watched Jaws today. Famo's favorite movie. I watched it today. Third person he's talking about himself in over here. Well, Aaron doesn't think that's very cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, I would like to go see uh, Back to the Future. Is there any movies specifically? Like, what's your favorite movie you would want to see on a big screen that you've never seen? That I've never seen on the big screen? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. Um... The Day the Earth Stood Still, 1951. Ooh, look at you. It's one of my favorites. It's a, it's a timeless classic favorite. Uh, if I had to rank my top ten movies, it's easily in the top five, probably in the top three. I, and I love it. And clearly, I was not around in 51, so I missed it. But it's it's one of my favorites. I was not around for 55 for Night of the Hunter, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. It's a real pretentious movie for you. Uh, but even more less pretentious, I'd like to watch the 89 Tim Burton Batman. On a big screen. That'd be cool. Be Not cool. since I was a little kid did I... That'd be cool. That was a great movie. That was a great movie. It's got a Prince soundtrack. It does have a Prince soundtrack. Yeah. Speaking of, I'd go see Purple Rain on a big Yo, screen. Yo, Purple Rain. Don't even act like you wouldn't see Purple Rain with the puppet. I'll, dude, I'll watch Purple Rain Dude, do you right remember now. the puppet in Purple Rain? <laughs> Remember the puppet? Yeah. Was f- I remember watching it and being like, this isn't right. Something here isn't right. <laughs> I just want to let all of our team listeners know that I'm very alone in this room right now. Like Purple Rain, Purple Rain um, man. That movie's so good. Uh, we were going to talk about internet dating, but let's push it to next week because I do want to talk about Hall of Fame weekend. Hall of Fame weekend. We have to go to Hall of Fame weekend. You know, she was telling me all spring, she's like, listen, when Hall of Fame induction weekend comes, we totally got to go. We're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> 
she sends me a text on Sunday, like, I'm in Hall of Fame weekend with Ric Flair. Talk to you later. I'm like, oh. Cool, thanks. Cool, wow. Well, here's what, awesome. So here's what happens for Hall of Fame weekend every single year. I've only been going for a, a, a couple of years now because before that I didn't really think anything of it. I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of the crowds and the pomp and circumstance. Mm-hmm. But I went a couple years ago and I had like a blast. And I go on Friday before it gets really busy and people are usually out, the celebrities, if you will, the baseball players are just out and about sitting in the street. And then I went last year with my dad and we had such a good time. So I was like, you know what, this year my folks were going away. I'm like, I'll go with my dad again. So I went with my dad and it was really low key. Last year I met Bobby Valentine, which is one of my idols. So that was amazing. But this year it was really low key. And then we're having lunch and I hear... Ric Flair out at 2 o'clock. Because there's this guy with a microphone. It's kind of, if you've been there, you know what I'm <laughs> talking about. Yeah, Carnival Barker. There's a, there's like, a guy who yeah. yells with a microphone in the middle of like this, this weird side street. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool because you, you have like a million stories. I can talk about the time I met Ernie Banks or Tim McCarver or, or Pete, the 35 times I've seen Pete Rose. But my favorite from the past couple of years is the times that I see John Rocker. Does anybody remember oh, John yeah. Rocker? The racist. The racist. John yeah. Rocker. Speaking of horrible people. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Ric Flair was there for absolutely no no reason. Before I get into my my John Rocker. Well, there's a reason because he's broke. Because he's he broke. Needs money. He needs money. It doesn't really make a lot of sense why he was at Hall of Fame weekend. Memorabilia collectors. He's a Hall of Fame. Yeah. So he's two a, birds one stone. He's in a baseball Hall of Fame. Last year there was somebody else there that I couldn't really wrap my head around. But I listen, at this point, was. I might let Ric Flair be the fifth starter for the Yankees down the stretch. Dude, why the not? At this point, why not? First place New York Yankees. So uh, first place New York Yankees. Yeah, first place. So um, right behind my New York Mets. So. He was there, and he came out of the building, and he, like, shouted a bunch of stuff at people, and then he went back in the building, and I was like, I don't know what's happening. And I was like, Kevin, what's a Rick Flair? Like, I didn't get it. Did, yeah, did you, I was going to ask, did you know I didn't know it was who, him. like, he was? I, no, I knew, I know the name Rick Flair. You know Flair. of Rick Flair? I know Rick Flair, plus if your name is Rick Flair, with Rick. no K on Rick, <laughs> and your last name is Flair, you're pretty much wearing a spandex suit and whatever you do. So, I knew he was a wrestler, that's as much as I knew. He came out of the building and yelled at people, and I didn't really understand what was happening. So, I didn't know who, I couldn't recognize his face. That's beside the point. John Rocker. So, last year I saw John Rocker, and he was wearing an entire linen, white linen outfit. Like a, li- a white linen tunic and white linen pants. And he was just sitting at his table, just like <laughs> eyeing people really sketchy. Right? Because he's nuts. The dude is crazy. His eyes are so close together, and there's, <laughs> they're crazy eyes, nonetheless. This year... He, oh, by the way, he signs T-shirts that say, you speak English? Oh. Oh. Don't even act like that's not that's the perfect hilarious. thing. And he wore no shoes last year. So he's wandering up and down the street like a, like a messiah of sorts in his white linen outfit with no shoes. And his majestical hair. It's super majestical. So, is majestical a word? Nope. I know. It is, Absolutely not. It is today. So, uh, Friday I saw John Rocker, and he has a, um, she was, she has, he's a girlfriend, and she was either uh, Spanish or, or, or something of that nature because she had a very thick Spanish accent. Mm-hmm. And I could not get over it because John Rocker is not exactly the most, like, culturally welcoming individual. And he's just yelling at her in the streets. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, you have issues on deep-seated levels. Wow. And in she, the streets? In the street of Cooperstown. Of like lovely, picturesque little lovely Cooperstown. lovely picturesque Cooperstown. Meanwhile, he's wearing the tightest jeans, a wicked tight long sleeve t-shirt, and velvet loafers with no socks. Oh, my gosh. He's also 900 feet tall, and his shoulders are super wide. I don't want to mess with him. But he was screaming at his poor girlfriend, and I felt bad. And I just kept like looking over my shoulder, like, this isn't right. Meanwhile, he's signing the You Speak English t-shirts, and there she is, like... <laughs> 
whipping it up somehow. I'm like, oh god, it was so awkward. It was really awkward. Uh, <laughs> it was so funny though. It's you go there just to see John Rocker. Overrated or underrated? Baseball Hall of Fame. Underrated. 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 It's really cool. Baseball gets a bad rap in our country these days. We, we, we yeah. talked about how underrated baseball was, and Kevin and I were the only two that said underrated. You said overrated because you're a jerk. But I am a jerk. The Hall of Fame weekend for kids and for kids alike, young, the young at heart, if you will, mm-hmm. you go to the Hall of Fame weekend, you sit down, like my dad got to see some of the idols that he loved yeah. playing mm-hmm. like in the Mets growing up. Frank Thomas is there. It's like really cool. White Frank Thomas was there, and Black Frank Thomas was there. There's two guys who were named Frank Thomas. It's a long story. So, long story short, you go, you see these people. I get to see, like, all the people now that are coming up, the Pedro Martinez's and the, and the incredibly tall big unit and whatever. He's so big. His kids were there. They were all equally as tall and made me feel like a, like a tiny, tiny speck of dust. But it was good. I think it's underrated. It's really, underrated. really cool. I'm not gonna be that guy today. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give trash to the baseball hall of fame. It is beautiful. You know what? Every sport's got a hall of fame, and nobody does it like they do. No, in the baseball it is the best. It is the nicest hall of fame that I've been to, and it's better than the boxing hall of fame in Canastota. Not that, that uh, was the slack. boxing hall of fame in Canastota is nothing to laugh at. Yeah, but you can't compare it. It's like comparing <laughs> apples to like the nicest hall of fame in the world. Like it's <laughs> true. You know, uh, before we go. I want to address the uh, the tweet today that I posted the uh, Margaret Mead the Margaret Mead quote. Uh, I, I didn't see it. Uh, the quote is: "Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has." I did see it. Margaret I saw Mead. that. It's a great quote. Great quote. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick history lesson before we leave on Margaret Mead. Oh, Mar- thank God. Margaret Mead was an American <laughs> cultural anthropologist. <laughs> who was uh, popular in the 60s and 70s. She's a respected and often controversial figure who was a big proponent of broadening the sexual mores uh, of the traditional Western world. So there you go. And she also did a lot of uh, work in Samoa. She's big in the Samoan culture. So Margaret Mead, look her up. She's super interesting. Putting that history degree to work right there. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Uh, guys, thanks for thanks for this week. It was great. I love you all very much. Thanks for listening. We'll catch Feel you the next dreams. Week. That's what I'd want to see on the big screen. Feel the dreams. Okay, sorry. Bye, guys.